Welcome to Meeting with God. Meeting with God is the radio outreach of Vertical Church in Columbus. We're in the middle of a series called Money God's Way. And today we're going to listen to the first part of a message called My Heart Set Free to Prepare for the Future. God doesn't want us anxious. God doesn't want us lazy. God wants us free and prepared. Why don't you turn your Bible to Proverbs chapter 21, verse 5. Proverbs chapter 21 and verse 5. While you're going there, we're going to be uh, looking at Proverbs today uh, on this topic of preparation. But here's my heart for the message. Here's my heart for the message. We keep saying this thing about um, money God's way, my heart set free. Listen, you can go to the whole Financial Peace University. You can get your budget in line, you can learn how to invest for the future, you can learn certain principles, you can get everything right on, so to speak, from a perspective, but if your heart is still bound, you're not free. You can be free from debt, you might be free from bad spending principles, but the question that we're always looking at is, Jesus Christ came to set our hearts free, and simply money is just an extension of that. And I want to give you three areas that we're going to be looking at today to get our hearts together set free from futility, from anxiety, and from temporal, the temporal limitations of our resources. I love what Paul Tripp said. I want to read this to you. I was reading this this week. Awe of God should be the reason I treat my wife the way I do and parent my children in the manner I do. It should be the reason I function the way I do at my job or handle my finances the way I do. Now, can you say that about uh, your own life? That because of the gospel of Jesus Christ and because of the salvation that uh, has come into your heart, the grace of Jesus Christ given us freely at the cross, has that created such an awe in your life of God himself that it has filtered down into not just the spiritual aspect of my life, but the practical aspects of my life and your life. And I hope that that is at work in your heart as it is in mine, but I think if we're all honest, we're coming to God's word with some things to learn today, amen? Let's begin learning that together. Proverbs chapter 21, verse five says this. The plans of the diligent lead surely to abundance. But everyone who is hasty comes only to poverty. Let's look at this verse closely. Let's look especially at this first part of this verse. It says, the plans of the diligent lead surely to abundance. I think we all would agree that we want to be in a place of abundance. Now, when I say abundance, I'm not talking about being a millionaire or a billionaire. Um, Some people think of abundance in that term. A better thought when it relates to this term abundance is plenty. Plenty. Um, I'm a guy, when I come home and we're eating dinner together, you ever come home, a guy, gal, you come home from work and you're starving and uh, the family's laying out the food and you, um, you get to the end. It was an awesome meal, but there's just not quite enough, and it leaves you still a little hungry. You ever had that happen before? And um, somehow somebody forgot to put an extra, you know, cup of rice in there or something like that, and you just, you're just a little, it's not, not quite enough, okay? Or maybe you've come from a situation you can remember where you had nothing, and there was nothing. Or there's been other times, which we live in this country, and thank God for the blessings we've inherited from previous generations, 
uh, many of us have never even known what it means to be truly hungry. But what is this term abundance? We all, we all, we all want to have abundance. We all want to be in a place of plenty. How do we get there? How do we do our money and live with our money in, in God's way so that we have abundance? I want to tell you this. God wants you to be in a place of abundance. Okay? Now, that does not mean there won't be seasons of hardship. Uh, Paul experienced both. But everyone in how we manage our finances should be getting our families to a place of our household to a place of plenty. Plenty. Now, how do we do that? Let me look at two things here. Notice that it says right in the text... I love that every word counts in God's word. It says the plans of the diligent lead surely uh, to abundance. And I was reading through scripture on my own a few weeks back, and uh, God really began to speak to me about this verse. Um, I want you to think about what are the options here. Uh, Some of us, uh, um, uh, you know your marriage, usually in every marriage, there's one planner, and then there's uh, one uh, fun person that... (laughs) does stuff, okay? Sometimes thinks first, sometimes just doesn't thinks later. But that's what spices up a marriage, right? It's what spices up a family. It's what keeps it interesting. Then there's the planner that's like, wait, 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 wait. We need to think about this for like forever before we, so we know exactly what we would, because we would never want this to get, right? I'm going to tell you that in any good household, uh, there needs to be a balance of planning and diligence, planning and diligence. Uh, If you try to uh, move toward abundance by taking God's principles and applying them to your money, um, and and you're all about the plans but not diligence, what are you? You're simply a dreamer. You're a dreamer. Uh, But what if we do it the other way, okay? What if we do it the other way? Where we're diligent, we're so diligent, we work so hard, and we talked about that last week, so diligent but no plans. You're a hard worker that's wandering and wandering, and never really knowing are you getting where you need to be. You're a hard-working wanderer. No one benefits from being a hard-working wanderer or an idle dreamer. Uh, God wants both. I was thinking about, uh, you know, you never, what happens when you go to a restaurant? You go to a restaurant, and uh, they tell you, you, all, you order what you want for breakfast. I'd like some eggs, and I'd like the, the, the sunny side up, whatever. And they, what do they ask you? With that, would you like your potatoes like this or that? Would you, would you like a, a this on this side? Would you like this? But I thought, what if they flipped it on its head and said, um, you know, you go out for dinner and you're, you're at an Italian restaurant and you say, I'd like uh, the fettuccine Alfredo. And uh, the, the person responds and said, well, you know, the way we run our restaurant, would you like the fettuccine or the Alfredo? No, no, I, I really wanted both. I, I, I want both in my meal. No, 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 we only give you one or the other. You have to choose which one you want. Well, that's like, are you crazy? I'm never coming back to this place ever. In fact, I'm going to go on Facebook right now and tell all my friends never to think about coming here, okay? Well, we think of that as craziness, and yet if we go to our own finances sometimes, sometimes um, 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 we're either planning or working diligently. We need to do both. And that's where it leads to abundance. Faithful stewardship involves planning wisely with your finances, if you can imagine a stool, we talked about this last week, imagine a stool, and uh, the foundation here, which I'm quite confident is good, uh, is that God owns everything. All stewardship begins and ends with God, okay? Uh, that's the foundation. Then imagine a three-legged stool here. Uh, the seat of the stool is uh, faithful stewardship. That's what we are called to do. We are called to be faithful before God by being faithful stewards. So if that's the seat, then there's three legs. And we all know that if you've ever sat on a three-legged stool, 
all the legs have to be working or you will be sitting on the floor shortly. And one of those legs is working diligently. God calls us whatever you put your heart to, to do it diligently with all of your heart. Uh, That's an important part of uh, being a steward of the resources we've been given. Then there's another one. There's trusting God completely. You can work yourself to death, but if you're not trusting God, you're really not doing your finances God's way. You're doing them um, man's way. You've got to have both. But then there's a third stool, and that is what we're looking at today, planning wisely. And when those three are in conjunction, working together, uh, we can be faithful stewards uh, together. Now, how does that apply to planning? Let me ask you here. Look up at me for a minute. Do you right now, as I'm talking to you, have a plan for developing your income or whatever your income is going to be? Do you have a plan for saving how much you need to save when you'll need those savings? Do you have a plan for spending? Oh, pastor, I'm great at spending. I'm I'm doing great. I didn't ask you that. I said, do you have a plan for spending? How much should you be spending? Do you have a plan for debt? Some of us have school debt. Okay, uh, maybe there's other debt. And do you have a plan for that? Or are you just going to kind of let it go on forever? We need to have a plan for every aspect, including other things like recreation and fun. You ever heard the saying, uh, have a plan and work your plan? Uh, you can't work a plan you don't have. You can't work a plan you don't have. Well, you might be like, well, pastor, I have a plan. It's all up here. It's all up here. You know, it just sort of works. I, I, I kind of know my plan. I, 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 I think I know. I, I'm pretty sure I have a plan up here somewhere that I'm working off of. Let me just tell you, uh, it's great that you have sort of a plan up here. It's a lot better when it's on paper, okay? Because when you have paper, you have a sense of accountability for yourself, an even better way to do that would be to get with your spouse or if you're not married with someone else that you trust and say, here's kind of how I'm doing things and um, um, could you give me a little feedback? Um, what do you think about this? Or if you don't feel comfortable with that, just say, hey, here's how, I'm, here's how much I'm saving. Here's, how, here's some things I'm doing. Get some people around you that can give you good advice, people that you trust. This is Pastor Luke Aarons from Vertical Church. You know, I love that you're listening to Meeting with God, but I got a question for you. Are you doing the Christian life in isolation? At Vertical Church Columbus, we live out biblical community not only through our weekend services, but also in grace groups. These small groups meet across the city weekly to encourage one another and care for one another and study God's word together. If you don't have Christians around you in your journey with Christ, let me invite you to Vertical Church. Go to verticalchurch.life. Let's look at three aspects of planning wisely that come right here from the text. We want our hearts set free to prepare for the future. Why don't you turn over with me to Proverbs chapter 13, verse 11. Proverbs 13 and verse 11. I love, uh, we've been going through Proverbs this week. Uh, We've talked about that. I hope some of you are doing that, taking the the green marker challenge, reading through Proverbs. Uh, It's interesting, this week there wasn't a lot about finances, ironically. A lot about moral purity, Uh, some great discussion there, but I hope you'll keep reading through Proverbs, a proverb each day, uh, looking for what God's word says about finances. But let's look here, Proverbs 13, uh, verse 11 says, wealth gained hastily will dwindle, but whoever gathers little by little will increase it. As I said earlier, uh, there's nothing uh, spiritual about being broke. Um, some churches, some even religious traditions have elevated poverty and connected it to being spiritual. That's not true. 
Okay? It doesn't mean that people can't be generous. We'll talk about that. Being generous is awesome. Giving even to the point where it hurts is awesome. But being in poverty for its own sake is not wisdom. I want you to make a note of this. Here's the first of the three aspects of planning wisely. You need a wise plan for increasing your resources. Now again, I said there's nothing spiritual about being broke. But we need to remember that neither are our finances entirely a, a measuring stick of where our spirituality is. Okay? Some would say, well, if I'm spiritually broke, therefore I must be following the Lord because I'm suffering for the Lord. Well, that might be true. You might just be a fool. Make sure you know the difference. The flip side of that is some people are like, well, if you're abounding financially, you must be following God. You also might be embezzling from your employer. Okay? We need to keep these truths in balance and make sure that our hearts are where they ought to be. But notice here in the text that the first half of the verse says, wealth gained hastily will dwindle, but whoever gathers little by little will increase. I think one danger that we need to be careful about in our uh, desire to build plenty or abundance or wealth, as this verse uses it, all the way from many different good intentions, all the way from providing for our kids, helping them to do certain things, providing for uh, a future, providing for uh, those who are poor in need in the church, uh, providing uh, for other ministry uh, objectives, providing for many different things. That's all good, uh, but the goal, as some would say, is to get as much as you can as quick as you can. That is not biblical uh, wisdom. I love what Dave Ramsey wrote. He was writing about his own life when he was very young, and he uh, writes this story. Uh, Dave Ramsey says, Within the first couple years after college, I invited uh, several very wealthy people out for dinner in order to pick uh, those successful brains. One gentleman in his 70s who had acquired much wealth over his lifetime as a shopping center developer was nice enough uh, to allow this aggressive young man to buy his dinner. After about an hour of my asking, digging, and probing him for answers as to how I might duplicate his success, he finally looked me square in the eye and said, boy, seems to me you want to know how to get rich quick. To which I replied, of course. He paused a long time to add suspense and then said, the best way to get rich quick is to not get rich quick. What a bit of wisdom. Uh, if we were to apply this, I'll speak to the guys for a second. Uh, we all know spring is coming, which means baseball is coming, which means, praise God, softball is coming. You know, there's a term that they use in baseball, which is swinging for the fences. Okay, if you're a batter and you got some power, and uh, you hit a home run, you can get addicted to hitting home runs. And every time you come up, you tilt yourself just a little bit more to try to hit another home, What you'll end up doing is striking out a lot and popping out a lot. The best way to hit a lot of home runs is to get a good, solid swing and make great contact every time. And the same is true in our finances. Sometimes uh, something happens successful or you see someone else do something and they seem to really thrive. Well, you think, well, if I could just duplicate that really quick, then I could have... Um, no, the chances are that person, if they handled their finances well, they've been doing it over a period of time, developing disciplines that have put them where they're at. One danger scripture leaves us with here is... Don't seek to be hasty in getting plenty or abundance. Here's the wise plan, God's plan, and it's simply gathering little by little. 
to make the most of what you have, to be industrious with what you're given. I think most of us, if we're honest about where our finances are at, sometimes there's a temptation in our hearts to look back and to think, if only I had, or even to look into the present and to see our finances where they're at and to have some, if only I, if only, how many of us have ever had an if only related to our finances? Let me give you a few if only snares that we can fall into that keep us from faithful stewardship. If only I had a better job. If only I had a better education. If only I didn't have to pay for that better education. If only I had saved more. If only I had less debt. If only 2008 did not happen. If only we had a rich uncle that we don't presently know about with no beneficiaries and loaded and ready to die. Okay, maybe we wouldn't say it like that. But we might wish it like that. Here's the question. The question is not how much do I have. The question is how have I used what I have been entrusted? The question is not how much do I have. The question is how have I used what I have been entrusted, both now and in the past? You know, increasing and gathering little by little, as Scripture talks about here, is not a sprint, it's a marathon. It's life disciplines. God's answer is building little by little. Now, some of us might say, well, pastor, you don't understand. My career, my, my job situation right now barely allows me to make anything. I'm barely getting by. There's no possible way that I could really seriously make some sort of a, a, a plenty or abundance where I'm presently at. Well, that might be true, and there may need to be some coaching in terms of job. Uh, uh, certainly, uh, the book Financial Peace deals with that. But I want to tell you a story. You can look this up on your own if you'd like to, but um, it's a story of what I call the $8 million janitor. He's now deceased, but his name was Ronald Reed, and he died last year. Uh, he was an attendant at the local Haviland gas station uh, in Vermont for about 25 years, and then worked as a janitor at J.C. Penney before retiring in 1997 at 76. Now, here's the crazy thing. No one knew what this man had. I want to tell you a little bit about his story. When he died last year, he was a retired janitor and gas station attendant. When the residents of his hometown of Brattleboro, Vermont, learned that he had left $6 million to local, the local library and the local hospital, they were appropriately stunned. You'd never know this man was a millionaire, Reed's attorney, Lori Rowell, told Reuters. Friends agreed. Reed was both private and frugal. He spent his days dressed in half-worn or well-worn flannels and a baseball cap and was an ardent outdoorsman who cut and gathered his own firewood, according to his obituary, in the Brattleboro Reformer. He drove a second-hand Toyota Yaris, which Miss Rowell said he would park far away when he visited her office because he didn't want to pay the meter. His only attempt at excess was spending for breakfast at the local coffee shop where once another customer paid his bill, assuming that Mr. Reed could not afford it. Where did this end? When he passed away and they opened up his documents, they found stock worth $8 million. And all he had done through all those years in a position where few would even think maybe you could even get by, 
Not only was he cutting his own firewood and brilliant at that, it says that he was a brilliant investor as well. Uh, you can go online, you can read his strategy if you want to. Here's the point. If you're diligent with the right principles and you are diligent at doing what God's word says by gathering little by little, I want to give you hope today. If maybe if you're in a bad place financially, if you are diligent with God's principles, you can gather to the point of abundance or plenty. What a testimony to the principles of doing what God's word says. Matthew chapter 25, verse 23 says, His master said to him, this is uh, representing Jesus to one of the faithful servants, says, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. You know, I don't believe that finances are simply a secular endeavor. In fact, the more you read scripture, you realize that finances are a very spiritual endeavor. We're going to get to a passage in a few minutes that's going to say, where your treasure is, there your heart is. And there's a direct connection between my faith and my finances. But I would tell all of us, no matter what we're thinking about in terms of stewardship and even beyond finances, faithful in little equals entrusted with more plus joy in God's heart. You need to have a wise plan for increasing your resources. Let's look at the second aspect of planning wisely. I want you to go with me to Proverbs chapter 6, verse 6. Solomon speaking to his son says this. Go to the ant, O sluggard. I'm not sure if that's a direct reference to his son. I'll assume it's not. Um, Go to the ant, O sluggard, and consider her ways and be wise. Without having any chief or officer or ruler, she prepares her bread in the summer and gathers her food in the harvest. Now, why would we go to an ant? Those pesky little critters we try to get out of our picnics and out of our house. I want to read something that I found in the Baker Encyclopedia of the Bible. It says, the ant is mentioned only twice in the Bible, both times in the book of Proverbs. For many years, Solomon was charged with a biological heir when he referred to the ant as providing her meat or her food in summer and gathering her food in the harvest. Proverbs 6, 8. Critics of the Bible were quick to point out that so far as it was then known, ants do not store up food. They assumed that Solomon had probably kicked open an anthill and mistaken the pupil cases, the pods, in which the immature ants grow to maturity, Assumed that when he saw that, that this was grain that had observed ants carrying maybe bits of grain and leaves and other matter on the side and assumed that they were bringing those things into their nests. However, at least three species of grain-storing ants are now known. Two occur in Israel and the other Mediterranean countries. The particular species referred to by Solomon in Proverbs 6 and Proverbs 30 is probably the harvester ant. Its granaries are flat chambers connected by galleries irregularly scattered over an area about six feet in diameter and about a foot deep in the ground. Seeds are collected from the ground and, or picked off uh, plants. The head or radical, which is the softest part of the kernel, is bitten off to prevent germination and the chaff and empty capsules are discarded on kitchen middens, uh, refuse piles outside the nest. Individual granaries may be five inches in diameter and a half inch high. 
Some nests are known to be up to 40 feet in diameter and up to six to seven feet deep with several entrances. Um, Solomon did not kick an anthill. He knew what he was talking about. When he wrote these words under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, what he was talking about is, and let me ask you to jot this down, you need a wise plan for addressing future needs of your household. Certainly Solomon's talking to his son, probably of the future king, who's going to be overseeing an entire nation. But every one of us that are overseeing a household need to think about the future. Sometimes looking at future needs uh, can lead to anxiety. Listen, God's goal for us is not to be lost in today or anxious and fearful toward tomorrow. God's goal for us is to be a steward of today and tomorrow and trusting God to work in both. Thank you so much for listening to Meeting with God, the radio ministry of Vertical Church in Columbus, Ohio. Vertical Church exists to glorify God through the fulfillment of the Great Commission and the spirit of the Great Commandment by making disciples of Jesus Christ. If you live in Columbus and currently do not have a church home, we would love to invite you to worship with us. Our worship services meet at our church home at 1290 Old Henderson Road. Our church family is warm, loving, and would be so happy to meet you. If you currently do not have a place to worship this weekend, would you join us? As always, thank you for listening, and we hope you'll join us next week for your Meeting with God. Meeting with God is the teaching ministry of Vertical Church Columbus. For more information, go to verticalchurch.life.